Mendy here from the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. V. Mendy here, your host, who was not traded to a new podcast, joined by Johnny Foosball. John, how's it going, my friend? Um, we'll see. We'll see on Friday, maybe, how it's going. Ooh, I was going to say, you must be feeling really good, though, because your uh, Raiders pulled out a nice victory over the weekend. Um, yeah, over the gross Browns in a kind of a bad game because of the weather. Very ugly game indeed, but a win is a win. We also have the doc, Eric Mendelson. How was your girlfriend's birthday over the weekend? Did she like her presence? Uh, she did. Uh, thank gosh I'm dating a girlfriend now because if I had to live with the 49ers season and nobody to uh, relieve my stress, I'd be in trouble. Yeah, I, I cannot express the uh, ugliness that is the 49ers right now. So best of, hopefully they have no more primetime games the rest of the year. But no Brad Stradamus today, but we brought in the big guns. Joining us this week, he's a high school history teacher that's going to educate you on not just the youths, but also gets <laughs> Devi, as he's the director of scouting Devi and Dynasty at HammerCast.com. The co-host of Double D's a basketball coach of young men, and a girl dad. You've heard of Ben DiNucci, a.k.a. Gucci DiNucci. Well, we have Gucci Kevin Nucci joining us. Kevin Coleman, what's up, man? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Yeah, I love the intro. Um, I am a Dallas fan, though, so I am I am struggling with my life this year. Uh, it's been a rough year for me. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a rough game on Sunday night, and it's going to be even rougher playing the Steelers, and they're going to kick our ass, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I mean, that game is going to be like a, a – college team against a pro team and you have either was it cooper cooper rush or garrett gilbert at yeah. the helm? those those cannot be real names those are like like madden draft picks you know when you go a couple seasons out <laughs> yeah those are those 10 year after you like you have 12 years of like recruits on nca 14 it's like who the hell is cooper rush and yeah that's, <laughs> that's, what, we, that's what we got going on i do want to highlight though it's awesome that you're a uh, varsity basketball coach because i'm i'm a jv basketball coach so I know that uh, that basketball coaching vibes, man. Um, are you guys doing the season virtually as well, or are you guys kind of full in? Yeah, I haven't seen my kids since March because I'm in California. We have a whole different rule set than um, all y'all everywhere else. Uh, so uh, we actually just got an email today that said we can get in the gym tomorrow. Uh, so um, for the first time, I'll be able to see my kids like Friday probably. Oh, man, I'm sure I'm going to hear you screaming at them from here. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. These kids are going to be out of shape. I can guarantee it. Like, I- I'm out of shape, shit. So I know that they're <laughs> out of shape, too. That's awesome. Well, well we're going to need that type of energy from you. So if you can, if you want to yell at Eric when we're doing this, I'm all for it. But, again, bring in that energy because today in the huddle, we have stats that matter. And you see the attempts, the yards, the touchdowns, all that type of stuff that you see in the box score. But we're going to look under the hood a little bit at stats that people may not talk about for each position and that you may see uh, actually mattering more towards player success. 
And these are tools that we can use when assessing positions that not only make us better fantasy players, but predict when guys are actually going to break out or maybe even snag some guys with underlying underlying data in a dynasty trade or earlier in your redraft leagues next year. So buckle in. This one's going to be a doozy. But after we do that, we'll go to our question of the week. What was a trade you wished happened at the deadline that didn't get done, whether it was hinted at or whether it just doesn't make sense, but you wish it happened. And always we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. But first, let's get to a couple news and notes. News and notes. 49ers were hit hard like a Navarro Bowman tackle from injuries. And Eric will get that one. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy, or Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle, most likely both done for the season. Kendrick Bourne has COVID. They're on their fourth string running back. Eric, just let me know when I should stop. No, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Any real relevant players on their team for fantasy the next few weeks? Eric, starting with you. Uh, Jamichael Hasty, fourth string running back. I mean, there's nobody really else healthy to get it. So we, he might get like a goal line touchdown. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. And that's probably it. I wouldn't even say Nick Mullins unless you're in a 2QB league because he could get get yanked for Beathard. You do have the two best backup quarterbacks in the NFL, I think. It doesn't I, I think- matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like telling someone they have the best eyebrows. It's like, okay, thanks, but is that really relevant? I don't know. Someone told me that. I'd be pretty flattered. Um, I get told that all the time, but it's not that flattering. <laughs> I guess. Kev, what are you thinking for this? Yeah, you know, I have Kittle everywhere. I, I even had Kendrick Bourne everywhere in like a 16-team league, and he is screwing me now. Um, so I'm really upset with this. Um, give me give me my boy Ross Dwelly. Um, I, I picked him up off the waivers for a lot of money. I don't want to tell you how much I spent on him. <laughs> um, and and so I'm, maybe he'll score a touchdown, right? Like that's kind of where I'm at with um, – with the Niners. Uh, I have Brandon Ayuk. I'm actually really happy with him. I was actually pretty high on him from scouting for college. So I'm really happy to see where he's going. Um, but yeah, this is one of those things you're just hoping for a touchdown dependent guy. And you just hope like Dwelly gets me some, did some points for me. That's pretty much, and I'm starting McKinnon, which doesn't mean anything to anybody, um, but I've had to start him all year. So, you know, that's just kind of the, my, my area. No, nobody's feeling reading between the lines with Jordan Reed. Oh, yeah. Jordan Reed's going to vulture touchdowns until he, like, sprains his ankle in the third quarter. First quarter. Or, I don't think or, yeah, that. I was going to say after the third play or something. <laughs> he was already any, hurt once this year. I'm assuming then you have nobody else that you want to add for this one. No, and just from sort of like a, a team game perspective, I don't think the Garoppolo injury is that bad at all for them. I, I don't think he's that much better than, than Mullen or Berthard. <laughs> Jimmy, you heard it first. Jimmy Garoppolo has played his last game for the 49ers unless he takes a significant Ooh. Ooh. Wow. He's played Eric. his last game for the 49ers. I think, yeah. I think Sam Darnold's going there. I want Sam Darnold to go to the Samson. Oh, uh, no. I'm I'm a, I haven't heard that one. That, I mean, what, you, what? I know this one wasn't kind of planned, but what do you think it would take to get Sam Darnold to San Fran, a second-round pick? I think if they get the first overall pick, yeah, second round pick kind of like Rosen um, or like Cardinals try to get rid of Rosen for the second round pick. But I think DeAndre's a hell of a quarterback. I wrote a big ass piece on him um, and I really like him, but I think he just needs to get in that weapons. But if he gets a second, third round pick, maybe. I don't know that if the Niners would do that, but Jimmy G's not the answer. Eric just shaking his head. Just it's all sad, man. I'm sorry. I mean, Jimmy Jimmy G will never be the quarterback that we thought he was after his ACL tear. I mean, any 49ers fan or somebody that that's watched him over the years can just see he's not the same quarterback. He doesn't have the same confidence. 
doesn't have the same mobility. Agreed. And he looks a little squeamish in the pocket, which is never good if you're a quarterback. Next bit of news, Dolphins backfield. Miles Gaskin sprained his MCL. He's out at least the next three weeks. So there's a lot of backs to choose from in that Dolphins backfield. You got the ghost of Matt Breida, former 49ers great. You got Jordan Howard, who is healthy and active the last three weeks. You have Pat Laird, one of the only white running backs in the NFL. You also have newly acquired DeAndre Washington, former Chiefs great. So, Kev, I'll start with you for this one. Out of all these guys, is one stick out more than the others, and is he that fantasy relevant? Yeah, I mean, um, I would probably I, – I, I don't know about, about you guys, but I drafted Jordan Howard a lot over the offseason because I thought maybe he would actually take that role. And so, like, I have him a lot. So I'm like, you know what? If anybody's going to probably do it, I think it's Howard. Um, I know DeAndre Washington cannot make his debut because of COVID, so he has to be out a certain amount. So I don't. he's not going to be relevant this week. Um but give me Howard. I mean, he's in it for a touchdown, right? I think he's got like five yards, seven carries, and three touchdowns this year. So like, he's in it for at least a touchdown, hopefully. Um, and I, I still don't think Jordan Howard's that bad. I still think – I don't know what's going on down there. But give me Howard, I guess. They're, they just treated him strictly like a goal line back. I think he has something like 14 carries for 18 yards. Yeah, it's, it's sad. Um, <laughs> John, who are you looking at in this backfield? I mean, just – Based purely on what you said about the lack of use Howard's had, I'd have to go Brita, and you reminded me to check, and I did not put enough fab on him to actually get him in my league where I have Miles Gaskin, so <laughs> a little bit of a downer. <laughs> Eric, you're but, the 49. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. No, I was just going to say, just purely based on the amount of work they were getting when Gaskin was healthy, I think you have to go Brita. Eric, are you drinking that Brita Kool-Aid like John, or are you um, on that Howard train? I mean, I probably wouldn't feel comfortable starting any of them, especially because two is playing his second game. I think they're going to try to keep it more low scoring. And I mean, their defense just annihilated the Rams. Howard's a bet for a short touchdown, but are you really going to start him banking on that? I would go Breida because I think he's going to get more yards and more catches. And then he'll get hurt because that's what Breida does, right? Yeah, yeah, but you got to limit the snaps. You also forgot to mention Oakland Raider legend Lynn Bowden Jr. (laughs) 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 Is he even active for the games? Like, is he just like? I don't know. I think he has like like two carries on the season, maybe. What a that that I mean, has there been a was he a third round pick, right? Yeah. Has there been a third round pick that's been traded before they played a game and then this little use in their first season? I don't think so. I. I was really high in Bowden too, but it, it, doesn't not, it does not look good. Like he's got to go to the right situation. I don't even know if that's in, in Miami. He might be out of league by next year if we think about it the right way. I would love to be in the locker room and see if it's something just like behavior problem. Like is he just not carrying himself? Like is is it that the reason he's not getting on the field, or is it strictly he has no talent? Like that that's what I'm kind of curious. About. I think it's just because it's like the jack of all trades, master and none sort of issue where he's, you know, the third <laughs> best quarterback, the fifth best running back and the sixth best wide receiver on the team, but he's, he's good enough at all of them, but he's not quite. Well, I mean, if Miami gets an out uh, COVID outbreak, then maybe they could use him at one of those positions. <laughs> I, um, I wanted to, I want him to succeed. So I'm hoping not for I the wanted... COVID outbreak, but that he sees the game. <laughs> <laughs> got to make sure you emphasize that. Yeah. Uh, for the I do want to throw this bonus one in here since we got the Dallas fan on the show and we kind of touched on it a little bit in the intro, but you got a Dallas pass catcher and you have Zeke Elliott on your team. And I just going to throw this stat at you guys. Zeke Elliott averaged 22 points a game with Dak Prescott in the lineup. He's had 26 points in the last three weeks combined. Zeke Elliott, 
Are you playing him if you have any type of better options? Um, and if you have a Dallas pass catcher, are you playing them? So, Kevin, again, you're the Dallas guy, so I'll start with you for this one. Yeah, I have Dallas everywhere, as you can tell by my name. Um, and I have Zeke. I think you have to start Zeke because I – I've got he has a horrible matchup this week against the Steelers. Um, if you have any other option, I guess you probably maybe could go away from him. Um, but again, if he's like if he maybe that third running back, um, I don't know. Maybe you get that touchdown. But again, the Steelers are really bad. Our offensive line guys out there, if you're listening, is awful. Like we have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Um, as far as pass catching goes, I don't know. You guys can answer this. I've, I've been having this discussion in my head all day. I don't know whether I should start Zach Moss or CD Lamb this weekend. I'm probably going to have to start Zach Moss, but it doesn't make me feel any good. Um, and so, I, I God, if the Dalton's not back there, it's really hard for me to start any of the wide receivers. Speaking of someone that has CD Lamb as well and was extremely high on him, I had him as a top 15 wide receiver mm-hmm. um, going into this year, which looks pretty good before Dak went down. Um, I, you have to go Zach Moss, especially yeah. coming off of two touchdowns last week. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's sad how far the Dallas Cowboys have fallen. The players for fantasy wise, I'm not even talk about the real team, but like all I mean, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, even Gallup, you know, was a little disappointing. But Zeke, there, there's so much fantasy points to be had, but no one that can get them the ball. It's just <laughs> sad. Um, John and Eric, anything you want to add on that before we move on? Uh, I'd go Zach Moss too. Oh, I just wanted to just shout out to Amari Cooper's one reception for five yards last week. That helped um, me win my fantasy game. Shout that, out Amari Cooper. That's an absurd stat line for a supposed number one wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, you didn't call him by his actual name. Oh, Amari Cooper, you're right. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, as a Raiders fan, John is not a fan of that guy. I'm not a fan of Mario Cooper either, so I'm just letting you know. Like, I, I, don't, don't worry. I, I don't like him either. I got yelled at by the fantasy monocle guy on Twitter because I said I'd rather have Allen Robinson at the beginning of the year. And guess what? I was right, so I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I love it. Call him out. I am because he gave me a lot of shit for that. I would rather have Allen Robinson for sure. Well, I know you would love Allen Robinson, but I also know you guys would like to hear this. Do you like what you're hearing so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more triple play? Great yes. news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and basketball show that you can check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. Nice. If you're enjoying the content, how about holding us through the trade deadline? Leave us a five-star rating and review. Yes. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TripPlayFantasy. Doing it. Eric, Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions, we do. annoying gifts, we and of do. course, our weekly episode drops. We also tell David he's ugly. Uh, you don't do that. You deserve to live the bougie life. Sit on your throne, have people <laughs> feed you grapes, and turn on your iPhone and listen to uh, the bougiest of podcasts. That's Triple Play Fantasy. Treat yourself right, my friend. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. You're welcome. All right, stats to know. Here we go. So you see the attempts, the yards, the touchdowns, as we said, but we want to kind of look at the stuff that people don't talk about, and that's the stats that people can kind of look into for how why these positions are succeeding. And if you're looking to make that leap from just a casual fantasy player to a good to great fantasy player, this is the type of stuff you want to listen to. So, again, we brought the right boy on for the show, and that's the boys to help uh, talk about this with us for this uh, discussion here. And we're going to start right at the quarterback position for the first part. So, Kev, as the guest, when you look at quarterbacks, 
besides you see that they throw for 30 touchdowns in a season, 10 picks, what are some other things you look at for successful quarterbacks? Yeah, so quarterbacks are one of the tougher ones. When I scout and those type of things, especially in college, it's, it's really hard sometimes to kind of figure out, okay, how can I differentiate between a quarterback, uh, a good one and a bad one? Um, but there's a couple. Um, I really like, if you don't, if you guys don't know who um, FF Spaceman is, you really need to look at him. His name is Dave Wright, and he, he does a great thing with stats, and he goes over all this stuff, and, he, and it's all free. Um, and one thing he really talks about is completed air yards. Um, and this is 80% correlation to PPR fantasy points. So what it basically completed receiver air yards measures the number of y- uh, yards the ball travels in the air from the point of the quarterback's release to the point of a catch. So it really shows how many total air yards a quarterback is able to throw for each possession that he has and each throw. Um, and that really correlates with how good of a PPR quarterback he is, especially if you want a high volume quarterback. Last year, the number one quarterback of that was Jameis Winston. Um, and Dak Prescott was two and Matt Ryan was three. So when you're looking at how you correlate your quarterbacks and how many yards you can get in fantasy, um, completed air yards is a very good volume, especially in an offense like if, I'm sure Pat Mahomes, I believe he's second right now. Um, in their offense, you can kind of correlate it to how well they, how many times they throw it to how many has air yards are going and it's completed air yards. So that's one I really like. And obviously red zone, red zone attempts, but I really like looking at completed air yards. Kev, that just set the tone for this conversation. I love it. John, what would you like to add? Mine's a little bit more basic, just from a fantasy perspective. I've said this a lot of times. I love QBs who can scamper. Like If they get you 30, 40 yards on the ground, that's such a good baseline for a fantasy team, especially if they can wind up getting a touchdown. It's worth six when they run it in. It's not worth that when they throw it. And then just on a more just superficial basis, how many? If the offense is throwing up a ton of points per game, then they're mm. going to get their points one way or the other. Maybe they'll have a, a a lower game where there's a lot of just running. But for the most part, if the offense scores, the QBs lead it. There's your points. John, it's like you looked at my uh, my notes. <laughs> Eric, anything you would like to add? So Kevin had the bougie answer that I was going to give, and I just look at yards. So the top five fantasy quarterbacks or the top five passing yard leaders and where they rank in fantasy quarterbacks. Matt Ryan is uh, first and he's QB 10. But if you added two touchdowns and Todd Gurley has scored eight, he gets a lot of the short ones. He would then be number six. Pat Mahomes is passing yards. Number two, he's the number one fantasy quarterback. Burroughs three at passing yards, but he's 11. Brady's four in passing yards. He's five. And Josh Allen is passing yard or fifth in passing yards fourth in fantasy. Dak was number two before he got hurt. He was on pace for 6,400 yards. Very few times are you going to throw a slant where the wide receiver will take it for a bunch of, for the touchdown. Um, I think when you look at yards, it's going to be, you know, how much are they putting the ball in their hands and driving down the field? And I, for me, that, you know, is showing that they're throwing the ball more than the team is running it. Fair. And you guys touched on a lot of things I would have mentioned. Again, uh, just some things I have. Points per game. Obviously, if your team's not scoring, the quarterback's not scoring most likely. I really like deep ball attempts. It means guys, guys like Pat Mahomes. You see a guy like Justin Herbert's really succeeding. They're taking shots downfield. You get longer touchdowns, more fantasy points that way. Kind of carries into the total air yards, with their, uh, how much they're attempting downfield. And one thing you guys didn't mention that I actually really like is if you guys ever look at DVOA, so that's defensive adjusted value over average. And you can find all of that on footballoutsiders.com. Um, it just shows uh, teams that are really bad against each kind of part of the game. So if they're really bad against the run, really bad against the deep pass, really bad against short intermediate passes, bad against uh, the slot, that type of thing. 
uh, I will look at how that correlates. So if I see a, uh, like a team like Seattle is playing against uh, a team that's really bad in the slot, then I'm like, oh, this is going to be a Tyler Lockett game. And they're probably going to air it out a little bit more and pick on the inside. So that's something, just a little tool you can use, the DVOA. And they have an OVOA as well. But when I look at it for how quarterbacks I want to use against certain defenses, DVOA does that. And then ultimately what the, the teams do in the red zone. So if you have a team that runs the ball 80% of the time when it's within the five-yard line, um, that's not going to be great for quarterbacks' value, especially if they're not mobile. But if you have a team that is very passive, you look at the Chiefs, they can't, before they just acquired Le'Veon Bell, and this hurts me as a Chiefs fan and a huge Clyde Edwards-Hilaire truther, he was not getting the job done, not all his fault. The line was letting him down, but he wasn't getting it in. So what did you see? You saw these short little Mahomes shovels that John loved so much, counting as passing Those are touchdowns. The, my least favorite aspect <laughs> of any sport is that Mahomes handing the ball off can count as a touchdown pass. But at I the end swear of the day, half of his touchdowns this season <laughs> have been little shovel passes you're just, you're or jet sweeps. But at the end of the day, they're, they're passes, and I can look at the, the passing percentage when they get close, and I can be like, Mahomes is capitalizing on these, and that helps my quarterback and uh, assess uh, how I assess them as well. Yeah, he does a really good, good job reading the defense when he does that little like touch pass and throws it like six inches and lets everyone else do the work. I'm glad he gets equal credit. Andy Reid is, or not, uh, Patrick Mahomes is Geno Smith with a good offensive coach. Oh, no. Stop that. <laughs> no, Stop no. this slander. I will not have this. Look at this. Skip Bayless is on this podcast. I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that, that was great. Yeah, John, John is just a hater. He's just he's jealous because he's in the division with him, and he has to watch him <laughs> for the next 15 years. Raiders yeah. are 1-0 against the Chiefs this year, though. That's true. That's true. That's fine. Let's move to running backs now. And, John, I'll start with you for running backs. What are some things you look at for running back success? Um, carries is just such a big measure. It, you know, you can look at somebody like Josh Jacobs, who even if he's not running the ball particularly well, he just gets such a large amount of carries that it sort of carries him into fantasy relevance. It sort of falls apart a little bit when you look at somebody like Alvin Kamara. So I think if you try and take sort of a, a collection of their targets – and, and carries, you know, because opportunity breeds opportunity breeds points. So that's what it comes down to. I like that, Doc. This is going to sound this is going to sound so basic, but touchdowns. How <laughs> how no? But listen, hear me out. How many bell cow running backs are there? There's not a lot, right? Less than ten, I I would think. Yeah, yeah. And and think about someone like Saquon who was drafted as a bell cow running back to begin the year, and now he's hurt. So, you know, kind of like tight end, running back can be so dependent on touchdowns, especially as you're getting in the bye weeks. And, you know, there's a lot of teams that use committees, but if you look at someone like Latavius Murray, most of his fantasy value comes from the fact that he'll get those short yard touchdowns rather than Alvin Kamara if they're running the ball. Todd Gurley has eight this year. That's why he's the number four running back is because he'll get those those short yardage touchdowns that's the reason running backs like Sony Michelle, sorry Nicole if you're listening to this, and Mike Gillisley, the year that he was with the Patriots, had that value is because you could bank on them to get two, maybe even three touchdowns a game, and that could win you a matchup. That made me realize when you said Mike Gillisley, I need a throwback button. Look for that next week because I'm going to put that in my <laughs> soundboard. Um, Kev, anything from they said you, you agree with? Anything else you want to add for this one? 
Yeah, I'll add a couple for you guys. Um, I was going to talk about two last time. If you guys don't know what NFLSavant.com is, that's a really good place to go and look. And it shows like rushing um, plays. Like right now, LA Rams are leading the league in rushing plays, 245. Um, Jacksonville is actually last with 148. So it actually does a good job of showing you kind of how your teams and how you, how the team's game scripts are going. Um, but as far as running backs, there's two that I really like. One is it's called green zone attempts. I don't know if you guys have heard this before. Um, yeah. It's a pro football focus In, one. Inside the 10. Yeah. Well, this one actually says it's supposed to be inside the five. And so this looks at like – it looks like how many times do they get touches inside the five. Because um, you guys all talk about touchdowns and what matter. Um, and so it really shows that, you know, over the last five years, it says running backs have scored a touchdowns on 42% of their touches within that green zone. Um, and last year, the number one running back was Dalvin Cook. So if you're looking at that, you can look at the idea of, okay, how many times are we getting um, this ball inside the five-yard line or 10-yard line uh, for these running backs? And then the other one I really like, it's called implied touches. And basically it combines your targets and every touch that they were supposed to get. Not Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, they were successful at it. So it doesn't go into, okay, well, it does. So it basically goes incomplete and complete passes. It goes over targets, touches based on even penalties. So it looks I'm like how many touches are they try, supposed to get in a game? And that's a good way of seeing where the game script's going and seeing if they're like someone like David Montgomery, who everybody hates because he gets two yards of carry, um, but he gets like 25 carries. You know, how many implied touches is he getting? Is it going up or down based on the usage rate? So I really like looking at both of those. So you're looking at your rush attempts and targets. And then like last year, like, of course, CMC was first. Zeke was second. But actually, Leonard Fournette was third last year when you're looking at those fantasy points, implied touches. So I really like implied touches. Implied touches is something I look at for my running backs. That's a great ad. And actually, that was not something I put into mind that I think would be good to, to add in there. And so I'm really glad that you, you put that in. Um, for running backs, this is the other category of players that I have points per game is one of the things I look at. I also look at snap share percentage. So when they're on the field and how much of the snaps they're getting, um, the evaded tackles and breakaway runs. So usually if they are evading tackles and breaking away runs, they're most likely getting more playing time. If they're not breaking tackles and they're going down on first hit, those are the type of guys that usually can get benched for somebody that's doing a better job going in. So if I see they're doing that, not only is there a better chance that they break one long one, if you play DFS can help you a lot or obviously help win you a matchup, but they're also separating themselves from the competition and guys that can't do that. And then ultimately what everybody loves and John, I know how much you love PPR, but passing game usage, that's something that, uh, you know, if you play in PPR leagues, backs that do that, it's just it elevates so much value. That's why you get someone like James White, who might be a a sixth or seventh round pick in a PPR league, and like a tenth or eleventh round pick in a non PPR league. That's just the reality of uh, the, how the game is changing. They're looking for guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield, and if you can't, you're gonna be limited very early on to be effective on the ground. And if you can't get it going, your team gets behind, then uh, you're not gonna be on the field. So. Those are just some of the things I look at. But again, I think everybody touched on a lot of great stuff there. So let's move to wide receivers. And Eric, you can kick this one off for us, speaking as the 49ers have basically zero right now. So go ahead. Nice little jab, David. Well, the easy, the easy answer is targets because that equals more opportunities in PPR. But I got a little creative with this answer. And I look at their contract. So <laughs> well, where this is going to go. Okay. No, the, the top six players and targets have signed at least one lucrative contract after their rookie one. So Stefan Diggs leads the NFL in targets with 79. He signed a five-year 72 million extension with the Vikings last season and the bills gave up a first. So they're going to feed him the ball. 
Allen Robinson is in the last year of his three-year 42. That's considered a questionable signing at the time because he was coming off a torn ACL. Amari Cooper, five-year 100 contract. Keenan Allen just signed a four-year 80 million extension. DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to be the top paid wide receiver soon. And Cooper Cup just signed a three-year 48 million extension. So these wide receivers that have the highest contracts or higher contracts, I think that the teams will try to force feed them the ball, give them more targets, and hopefully more chances to catch the ball and score. Interesting. Interesting. Nice job. Oh, thanks, David. Kev, back to you. Yeah, my favorite stat for this um, is it's called weighted opportunity rating. So what it does is it mixes targets with how many shares of a team air yards he gets. So it combines the receivers. Hey, how many targets is he getting per game and how many air yards is he actually getting for each um, each game that he plays in? Um, so that's kind of a newer stat out there. It's actually pretty interesting when you look at it and saying, OK, um, you know, who 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 out there is producing that? Um, last year was it was um, let me check. Michael Thomas, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, those guys. Um, but Allen Robinson was actually in the top five. He was a third. And so when you look at that and you look at that percentage, you're looking for that. Um, and then the other one that I mentioned that a lot of people are using right now is like they, they basically do um, – it's a formula for receiving yards and air yards, and it's just a metric that rolls up the catch rate. So how, how many times are they catching the ball when it gets thrown to them? Um, and are they actually bringing it down? And so it, look, it looks at incompletions. It looks like, hey, catchable balls. Um, how many of the receivers doing that, especially for the young receivers? How well are they doing in that? Um, I like those two. Kev, I love it. I love it. John, add the nice little cherry on top for this one. Um, I'm very anti-PPR, so I love air yards. Uh, and that's just if they have big plays, they're going to get points and they're going to get touchdowns. You know, just looking – you know, the leaders of it and wide receivers, you know, it's your Calvin Ridley's DK Metcalf, you know, uh, Allen Robinson, you know, it, it's really, I think, a correlation to these, you know, big plays, which is what ends up getting you uh, over the hump in some of your fantasy games. Because Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry could get 20 targets and get eight points. Like, it doesn't matter. John, when we eventually um, open, this is just all now so that we're going to have a team or a, a triple play store, I think, soon with gear. I'm we're definitely designing a shirt that says anti PPR or something. It's going to be like <laughs> your shirt. It's going to be, no. I, it needs to be said. I'll, I'll um, be honest. I've never met an anti PPR guy. You're like a unicorn to me. Like I've never. I just think it, it it waits useless plays. Like oh. a screen a screen pass for two yards is somehow a great play worth one point two points. It doesn't I make. Love- I don't like it. PBR is the, the only way you can play. I love PBR. So then I'll, let me ask I'll, you guys I'll this. I buy half PPR just because everybody else yeah. likes it, but I will yeah. never do a full PPR. What about if you guys, instead of PPR, you only got the points for first downs? I know that's another type of format that people do. I'd like anybody- that much more because that's the argument people use for PPR is that like getting sometimes a 60-yard catch is a big play, but sometimes it's not. So that, I don't think it should necessarily be worth more just because you're getting a lot of rinky-dink throws. As we're talking about this, I feel like this is another show idea that I'll have to take. Another, <laughs> John doesn't like shovel passes. John doesn't like screen passes. John doesn't like <laughs> John, John just likes the big sexies. John just likes the 60-yard bombs, all the air. Give me Henry, Henry Ruggs. <laughs> I can see why you're a Raiders fan now. There we go. Uh, just a couple of things I'll add for wide receivers. Just uh, targets, I think, are the most important thing. They have to get thrown the ball, ultimately, if they want to succeed, right? So 
looking at the actual number of targets and the target share percentages, which Kevin brought up, they have a great job of doing that on NFL Savant. You can look at the t- each uh, team's target share, how it breaks down for their players percentage-wise and number. So if you're looking just to kind of look how team spreads the ball around, it's a great resource for that. Air yards, I'm not going to touch on that. You guys already did. Um, and red zone targets, ultimately, which is someone like a Mark Andrews who will get to tight ends. But um, you can kind of get a sense when they get in the red zone who it's going to, which can help. But then the other two things, dot, which I don't think gets talked about enough, which is your average depth of target. So I can determine, hey, if I need a big game from a player, I'll look at someone like a Kenny Galladay. Or if I'm looking, okay, here's a better example. If I'm looking for a free agent pickup, I might go to Marvin Jones, who's going to have a higher dot, as opposed to, hey, I just need a couple safe floor of eight points. I might look at a Scotty Miller, who has a lot lower dot. It's going to do a quick slant route probably have a better chance of getting me four or five catches as opposed to Marvin Jones, who might have three or four targets and two of those are going to be deep bombs. So I look at ADOT for kind of how I need to structure my, my team or what I need for that week. And then yards per route kind of ties into that too. You can kind of see the average uh, yards per route that they're running. So someone like DK Metcalf's going a little bit deeper on his route. So it, it ties in the same in that kind of way too. And you kind of determine what kind of thing you're looking for. So those are all things I think that tie in really well to the wide receivers. Um, let's move to the last one. And everybody loves this position. It's the position where it seems like there's somebody new coming up every week and someone you thought was good is completely garbage. And we're talking about the tight ends. So Kev, I'll have, I'll go back to you for, to start off these, uh, these big sexies here. Yeah. Um, I love tight ends. It's hard for me. I like the Savant stuff like you were talking about just for target breakdowns, but they actually break down how many red zone targets they get each week. And so when you look in there, like I look at Travis Kels, uh, I didn't know you were a Chiefs fan, so I'll just have to like let your ego go. Uh, like, <laughs> like Week one, week five, week six, he got three targets in the red zone. And so for me, when I'm looking at that, I mean, obviously Travis Kels, we know that. But if you're looking at other tight ends, you could see where they're getting those targets at. And I really like what they do, too. Each game, they break down every route that they ran. And so you can actually go on there. And, like, so his game where he had eight catches against Las Vegas, 108 yards and one touchdown, you can see every route. In a loss. In a loss. <laughs> you can see every route that those guys ran, and you can see kind of where they're trying to distribute the ball and how deep they are. And that kind of helps me look and say, okay, you know, how, where are they trying to get him the ball? Um, is it deep throws or is it just a five-yard curl like the old Jason Witten, my, my cowboy Jason Witten guy? Um, what, what can I expect from this tight end? Like Hunter Henry is someone that struggles with that. He doesn't get the deep balls, but Kelsey does. That's an interesting point. And um, so let me ask you this. Who do you think is kind of the best guy if you're looking for a guy that's going to go a little bit deeper? Uh, someone like Kelsey, who you said might go deeper. Is he the best deep threat at tight end, do you think? Right now, yeah, I would say Kelsey is the best. I thought it was Janu Smith, but Janu, they haven't done anything. He's had a really rough few weeks with the Tennessee Titans. I don't know what's going on with him, but um, I really like Smith coming into this year, and he looked like he was doing well before the COVID thing threw them all off. Um, but he has some deep targets if you look at his. Um, and I like what Tannehill does with him. So maybe maybe moving forward, uh, Smith would be a guy that you could kind of target for better games. But Kelsey, is, he's your tight end one. I mean, he's a stud. Have you seen uh, John New Smith work out? I mean, that man's a stud. I mean, yeah, I'm a very comfortable heterosexual male, but that man is is just built different. Uh, 
Yeah, he looks a lot different than me. I got the dad bod going on, and uh, <laughs> he's got—he he looks like a real, real, real guy. I look like a thirty-one-year-old overweight basketball high school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> hey, high school teachers, man, we gotta stick together. We uh, we're in shape. We teach the youth how to get in shape. That's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John, what do you think for tight end? What do you look at? Uh, it's just a simple. Uh, red zone targets it's such a touchdown dependent position I think more so than any other fantasy position where that's what makes or breaks uh sort of the the week for the tight end rather except for maybe like a Darren Waller who gets a a large amount of targets but for most tight ends that you're streaming it's going to come down to touchdowns and whether or not they have a good game is just based on did they get a touchdown how did I know when we talk about tight ends Darren Waller's name is going to get mentioned here at least once He's a stud. Eric, what do you look at for tight ends? So for me, I mean, I think red zone is definitely a big thing. And if you don't have Kelsey or a healthy Kittle or um, a Darren Waller to float John's ego, um, it's basically a crapshoot if they get a touchdown or not. But I look at snap percentage and someone like Mark Andrews ran less, you know, was on the field less than 50% of snaps last week or last year. Touchdowns really salvaged his value. Um, But I think snap percentage will show. You know, is, is he running a lot of routes and giving himself more opportunities to score? Are they using, you know, him, the certain tight end as a blocker or a pass catcher? So just to gauge a little bit better, but the best solution is to draft Travis Kelsey or Kittle early. <laughs> so you guys touched on a lot of what I was going to say. The one thing I want to build off that you just said, Eric, is Snapshare. And I look into it a little bit deeper and I don't just look at Snapshare. I look at routes run. And to me, that shows when they're on the field, are they running routes or are they blocking? And so if I can see them out of routes run and correlate that to the in their snap percentage, I could be like, OK, someone like um, and this is just not this isn't an ex- uh, exactly the, the true numbers. But if I were to be like, OK, George Kittle is on the field and he's on the field for 80 percent of snaps. And for those 80 percent of snaps, he's running routes on 55 percent of them and then blocking for, uh, you know, for 25 percent of them type of thing. And then if I look at someone like Evan Ingram, who everybody's been kind of waiting for him to kind of come out of this shell, you look at the amount of routes run that he is when he's on the field, he never blocks. If he's on the field, he's going out for a pass. So those are the type of guys that I'll look for. And again, right now, it's one of those that, hey, hasn't paid off yet. I do think the the breakout from Evan Ingram is coming because he's running so many routes that he needs to get the ball fed to him unless Daniel Jones can not get him the ball. But if I'm looking for tight ends to give me production, I want to see that they're running routes and not just on the field to block. And that's someone like Tyler Higby. When you look at it on the field, he's actually blocking more than he's going out for balls. Same with like someone like Mo Ali Cox. So those are that how I look at it for me personally. But David, I do want to interject and ruin Eric's night a little bit more. Uh, Trent yeah. Williams and Brandon Ayuk and Depot Samuel were all placed on the COVID list today. Are you joking? No, it's true. No, <laughs> I didn't see that. But you know what? The game's still going to be played true. tomorrow because the NFL won't push it back anymore. How are they yeah. going to play that game? Especially because there's, I don't know, there must be an outbreak all of a sudden. Like, who's going to test positive on Friday after the game's played? And, well, maybe and, as, thinking, we, and as we talk about this, I'm going to bet on the Packers spread, hoping they haven't changed it. <laughs> I'm just thinking it's like when a team full of COVID meets a team full of COVID, they're just going to like repel against each other. Like two negatives equal a positive. Type that, that's thing. the cure. Just hang out with COVID people and it'll magically go away. This this hey, is just, unreal. Just throw the ball to McKinnon, baby. 
PPR. PPR. I'm not that 25 points. Bunch, yeah, a bunch of, bunch of four-yard passes. <laughs> doesn't matter. I don't care. Give it to me, baby. I need him. The, the, the PPR and anti-PPR, I feel this rivalry blue, uh, brewing between the two. <laughs> That's awesome. But that has nice been job, placed. gentlemen. What did you say? I said the bet has been placed on Packers spread. <laughs> what, was, what was the current spread before? Six, six and a half, and they probably oh, were going to change. That sounds like a steal now. Yeah, that's, that's, just a, that, that's Green Bay's first team offense where they're angry about the 49ers eliminating them versus third string for the Niners. When you're listening to this tomorrow morning, just make sure you do the opposite of what Eric bets and you'll win. Maybe. There you go. But now, with that being said, let's move on to our question of the week. And our question of the week is sponsored by Manscaped. <laughs> Jingle bells, fellas. It's about that time for the holiday season. That's the man's, uh, perfect time for the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Uh, they've got the Lawnmower 3.0 with their proprietary advanced skin safe technology. You can't get this anywhere else. It's waterproof. It, that comes in the Perfect Package 3.0. It's the perfect gift for the holiday season. And the perfect package also includes the crop preserver, deodorant and moisturizer. You don't just use it on your armpits. You use it everywhere. It also has the a pair of the boxer briefs included in the perfect package 3.0. And you can get all of that 20% off uh, with free shipping using the code triple play at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code triple play at manscapedtalk.com. You know, test the season, treat yourself, treat your neighbors, treat your friends. John, you sold me. It's like you've been doing this for months now. <laughs> that was the first time in a couple of weeks where I had it ready. <laughs> ready. <laughs> Putting the listeners behind the curtain. So our question of the week, <laughs> sponsored by Manscaped. What was a trade you wish that happened at the deadline that didn't get done, whether it was hinted at or one that you think would make sense? So, Kevin, you're the guest. So we'll start with you. Yeah, um, I I would have loved to see Will Fuller go to the Packers. I know they talked about it a little bit. Um, as someone who owns Will Fuller in a couple leagues, I think that just made too much sense. Uh, but, of course, the Packers decided to take, you know, they don't care about Aaron Rodgers and what they do over there. Um, so I, I would have loved to see that one. And then I'll, I'll do a little quick one. I would have loved to see David Njoku go to the Cardinals. Um, mm. they, they needed a tight end. They need a tight end because Dan Arnold is just not good at, at, at football. Um, and so if David Njoku could have been in there, Browns could have gave him up. And um, just for a pick, fifth, sixth-round pick, I feel like the Browns would have done it, and that would have helped out the Cardinals' offense. Two great options, and one was a little bit more under the radar because I know the Will Ford was being floated around there yeah. a ton, but the Njoku one's a great one too. Mr. Johnny Football, Foosball, what are you thinking? I would have loved to see Dwayne Haskins get traded to anywhere. I mean, I would love to see what he can do with a better organization around him that actually believes in him uh, rather than one that's looking for any excuse to, you know, get, get out of their, their deal with him. And wouldn't it have been weird if he went to the Cowboys? Probably, but it would have been funny. (laughs) I would have loved that. That game would have needed to be televised like all in prime time. Eric, where are you going for this one? All right, so, well, since we're just crapping on the 49ers, I would have loved to see the 49ers trade Dante Pettis for, like, a conditional seventh-round pick <laughs> rather, than, rather, rather than just waving him and the Giants claiming him off of waivers. Like, good job, John Lynch. You traded up for a second-round pick. 
and cut him after two and a half years. Great job as GM. Awesome. You couldn't even get a pick for him. <laughs> I, got, I'll help, I can help you out with that, Eric. <laughs> yeah. And this is the same guy that was also saying, oh, my God, John Lynch is such a good GM. When you moved I up, said that after the first year. When, have, you moved up, when you moved back from the second to the third spot and you uh, got like – we fleeced the Bears. You did, but you were like, oh, my God, John Lynch, you are the greatest. Yeah, that was his first year, but I have taken heat because on our Twitter, I've said that he's not a good GM, and I'm a Niners fan, and people are like, dude, you're crazy. You went to the Super Bowl. I'm like, yeah. He picked Nick Bosa, too. That's like the obvious pick ever. <laughs> my answer for this question is simple. You take Le'Veon Bell, and you put him somewhere else. Because he affected all my Clyde Edwards Hilaire shares. I was extremely mad. And now it's he's literally useless. I mean, the la- they're literally splitting carries on a pass first team. Like I was happy what he, you know, did against Buffalo, but everybody that plays fantasy knew that they're not gonna he's not gonna get any type of value that's worth trading him right now. So like he's literally just like a fantasy wasteland. And I, I don't even know if I can start him anymore until like unless Le'Veon Bell were to get hurt. But um it's just I'm, like my team wanted to be good in real life, but they wanted to screw me over in fantasy. So it's a very like love hate relationship we have. Right I, now. I, I've never heard someone complain about their team getting a good player as much as David has with Le'Veon. Like, he, he, this is the first time that he's hinted something like, oh, I mean, he helps us in real life. Because for the past two weeks, he's just been saying, this kills CEH. We didn't need him. Why? I mean, and when it comes to the actual playoffs, I will be like, Literally screaming no, if he no, scores no. touchdowns, you but you can't flip flop, David. Sorry. You don't need him. We don't need him right now. We need him in the playoffs, not right now. Sorry, David. Can't flip flop. You're not a politician. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, let's move to our last segment, and that is the game of the week. And Kevin, I need you to tell me where that's from because I know you watch that show. Oh God! You put me on a spot now. I don't know. I don't know where is that from. Best anime of all time, Dragon Ball Z. Oh dang! Yeah, that was I'm a super old, Saiyan. Man. I don't watch that stuff. I I never. I, I'm not a big Dragon Ball Z guy. Kevin, Kevin, we need to have some like mediation after the show. Listen, I'm, Family Guy and American Dad are my animation guys. All right, Dragon Ball Z. I was never big on that. Sorry. Sorry. Love those shows. Love those shows. And it's a controversial topic. I think American Dad is actually better than Family Guy at this point. But, but, Dragon, you said you're 31, right? 31. Okay, I'm 29. So we're, we're like similar-ish. And that was like the show. And now Dragon Ball Super is like the show. I, we're we're going to get you your homework to, to uh, watch a couple episodes I'm, here. I've never I, done I, it. I've never done it. I'm sorry, guys. I swear David talks about Dragon Ball Z like this is a Dragon Ball Z podcast sprinkled with fantasy sports. <laughs> I'm drafting Vegeta and Piccolo. <laughs> That's dude, I'll, dude, I'll, I'll trade you Goku. Oh, dude, <laughs> Goku is untouchable in Dynasty. Yeah. He's untouchable in Dynasty. But, okay, back to, back to the actual part of the show. John, you are hosting the game this week, so what are we playing? We are playing our philosopher quotes or coaches quotes because, you know, coaches are modern day philosophers giving us their their musings on a, on a daily and weekly basis. So I'll just go around the horn after I give you a quote. You each make your guess. Keep track of your own score. Um, and then we'll see who wins. Let's do it. The first one I have here 
is if what you did yesterday seems big, you haven't done anything today. You're starting with Eric? And I'll start with you, David. Okay. Can you say the quote one more time? If what you did yesterday seems big, you haven't done anything today. That sounds very inspirational, but it's a little vague for football. So I'll go, that's a philosopher. Oh, also, if you guess either the philosopher or football coach, it's an extra point. So I know David's never gotten a philosopher. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Before, if you but... name the philosopher, you get the extra point or the coach. That's right. I forgot about that. So I'm going to go Socrates. I'm going to go philosopher Confucius. Uh, I'll go coach. That sounds like some old coach. I don't know. Uh, Bobby Bowden or something. Kevin was correct. That was Lou Holtz, oh. uh, who did coach in the NFL for one season. So one point for Kev. All right, so Eric starts the next one. The next one is every day you have to build it. You put down, you put the blocks down, and you build the foundation. Um, philosopher Plato. I feel like it's too easy to go coach, but I'm going to go coach, and I will say uh, Jim Moore Sr. I'm going to say you double down. It's also a coach, and I'm going to say it's Don Shula. That is uh, John Gruden. Uh, Ooh, okay. Okay. Still got a point. So I'll Eric is correct with philosopher. <laughs> ah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have to guess philosopher now for all the answers until it is one. <laughs> uh, pleasure in the job puts perfection in the work. All right, so I think Kevin starts this one. Yeah. God, I feel like a, I feel like I'm just going to go coach, but I don't have a guess. I don't know. Coach um, uh, Bill Belichick. I'm going to go philosopher and I'll go Plato. I'm going to go philosopher. I'm going to do Socrates. That is uh, the philosopher Aristotle. Ah, mm. no! <laughs> I was close. I'm a uh, history the- too. I should know this shit. I'm, I'm <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to say, you have the handicap for this, Kev. <laughs> uh, so wait, so I think everybody has two. Not I have one. two, right? Oh, yeah, never mind. I have two, I think, yeah. Yeah, so me and Kev each got two through three. All right, let's do it. When it's obvious the goals can't be reached, don't adjust the goals, adjust the action steps. Oh, that's 100% a coach. And I'm going to say that that is Bill Parcells. Um, I'm going to say a coach, too. I'm going to say that's Dick Vermeil. Yeah, I'm going to go coach, and I'm trying to think of an old coach here. Um Jimmy Johnson. You all get it wrong. That's Confucius. <laughs> that sounds so coachy. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's something in the translation from when it was originally said that, you know, it gets gets a little bit more uh, modernized as it's translated. But that is a philosopher. Uh, the next one, uh, after I'm dead, I'd rather people ask why I have no monument than why I have one. Um, that sounds like a famous coach. Uh, and I'm going to go Vince Lombardi. Um, let me see. I'll, I'll go coach and I'll go Bear Bryant. That's good. That's good. Coach. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like philosophers don't get like those type of statues. I would think they That's actually could. Yeah. That's I mean, I'm, I'm going there. off of a coach in front of the stadium. If you're legendary, um, I'll go back to Don Shula. Uh, that is philosopher Marcus Porcius Cato. <laughs> so I guess they can get statues. We're uh, doing awful. <laughs> yeah. we, 
We don't live in our fears. We live in our hopes. I'll, I'll go. Uh, I'm going to go just straight. Socrates, philosopher. You're not going to go to three straight philosophers, are you? You're going to. It's all mind is, games, David. I know. I'm trying to like get into your mind here. I'm going to go. This is this is a coach, and this is Bill Belichick. Yeah, I, I'm kind of thinking like David is too. I'm going to go coach and double down with uh, Lombardi again. Oh, uh, this is Mike Tomlin. That's a, got it right with the, I would have thought you would have said like you painted the barn red and I would have known it for sure. <laughs> Don't worry about the horse being blind. Just load the wagon. David. That's a, that's a coach. Um, Like talking about a quarterback. And I'll go Bill Parcells. I feel like that's such a Mike Ditka quote. Coach Mike Ditka. Yeah, I'll stay with Coach. I'll go Gruden. Uh, that was John Madden. Oh. He had the right team with the Raiders. Old, <laughs> old school. I actually met John Madden when he lived across the street from my grandparents. He's a nice guy. He's a Did nice he really? That's awesome. That's awesome. Wait, way to throw in that at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. Redwood, he used to live in Redwood City, and his mom used to live across the street from my grandparents, and I met him one time just talking to him. I, I was young. I didn't know who he was, and my grandma was like, dude, that's John Madden. I'm like, oh, cool. I have Madden football. <laughs> what if it's a red guy? So you get I read his him? biography over the summer from like 40 years ago, and he talks about like I think they should put a yellow line in when we're watching the games. And I'm yeah. like, that's a great idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. The next one is uh, make the best use of what's in your power and take the rest as it happens. Uh, I'm gonna say philosopher, and I am gonna go Gandhi. No, oh, look at Gandhi getting thrown out. He's been uh, a previous answer from John before. You know, I'll go, I'll go philosopher, but I don't. I'll go Confucius, but it's probably not Confucius. I'll go philosopher, and you're doubling down with Aristotle. That is Epictetus. Okay, I'll take first name basis with him. <laughs> so we got two more, right? Yep. I have five. I got four. I got four. Oh, everybody's let's, within striking distance. Let's take this home, baby. When the best leader's work is done, the people will say, we did it ourselves. Is it me? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Philosopher Plato. Yeah, I feel like with just it sounds like a philosopher, and I'll go Confucius. John, can you read it one more time? When the best leader's work is done, the people will say, we did it ourselves. I'm going to go philosopher and I will say Socrates. You guys are forgetting a philosopher legend, Lao Tzu, who has been on this every single time we've done this. Oh, you put him, I don't remember ever hearing that name. <laughs> and the last one and final question, um, pretty much everybody has a shot to win this one. If you sit back and spend too much time feeling good about the past, you're going to come up short in the future. This is such a 50-50 call. Uh, I'm going to say it's a coach, and I'm going to go Joe Philbin. Joe Philbin. <laughs> David, I, I put coach, but because I need a chance to win, and I'd rather just go with the other 50% chance because it's much easier to tie. I'm going to go philosopher, and I am going to go Confucius. Wouldn't that suck if you got the philosopher and the actual name and right, and you win two and get that at the buzzer. Oh line. my gosh. I might take a shot. Um, you know what? In honor of the Cowboys, I'm going to go coach Tom Landry. 
It is a coach, Bill Belichick. Ah. Oh, yeah. Oh, where's where's my cheers? Where's my oh, cheers? I, I never Quick like hits. presiding. I never like presiding over a, a David win. Thank you. Uh, but take your face time. And, and for the record, you did not get a single philosopher. <laughs> That's okay. You know what? I've learned more philosophers from this game in this show than I ever knew my entire life. You're a bad so, John. John, I would like to thank you for the history lessons that you give me every time we play this game. Kev, I want to thank you for coming on, and I want to give the rest of my face time for you to plug any work you're doing and, and kind of tell everybody, all our listeners, what you got going on. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's a lot of fun. Um, you can find me at Boys underscore 22 on Twitter. Um, right now, I'm just writing a bunch of Debbie stuff, so college football, that's kind of what we're going over. Um, we're, we're going to be doing um, our rankings, my rankings pretty soon for the the 2021 draft class next week, next year. Um, and you can find me on hammercast.com. Um, I wrote, I write prayer player profiles. I wrote one on Darnold, like almost 7,000 words for some reason. I'm an idiot like that. And so um, I, I, I write a lot of prayer profiles. And other than that, you know, you just ask me questions about anything you want on Twitter and I'm there and I'll, I'll answer them. You did a nice job uh, doing the rookie redraft thing that you put together too. I read that article and all the, the words and details you put in. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't read that, if you're listening, you got to check that out. And that's on your page, right? Pinned. Yeah, it's on my page and pinned. And then uh, we actually redrafted all the rookies went through and, you know, David was on there and we, it was a lot of fun. It was a pain in the ass formatting that thing, but, um, it was, it was, a, it was a lot of fun to see where the rookies would go. And, you know, Van Jefferson went a little higher than I thought. Uh, but <laughs> Throwing Troy right under the bus. <laughs> No, but it, it was a good time. It was a nice group you put together. It was a blast doing that. And um, if you really want to become a better fantasy player, if you're interested in kind of the Debbie aspect of things, Kev's a good guy to follow. So again, make sure you follow him at the boys underscore 22. That's the man right there. And until next week, hope you all stay safe. Hope you enjoy football this weekend. Hope no more COVID outbreaks and good luck in week nine.